Hey, 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 it's Dom again with another episode of Geek Vibes Interview, and I'm here with author, writer, Jay Sandlin, and we're here at Rick's Comic City in Nashville, and we're at a signing of his for his new comic book, Over the Ropes. Jay, how you doing? Hey, hey, we are live. We are staying alive at Rick's Comic City in Nashville. And uh, as you said, Over the Ropes, the 1990s tale of Southern pro wrestling is available now from Mag Cave Studios. Go check it out. So I think first thing I should mention, because I think for a lot of us, it's a big deal that you have a master's degree in history. You know, I, I don't talk about that enough. Really? <laughs> but I, I do. And I um, wrote my thesis in oral history, which is a fancy way of just saying sit around and talk to people. And that is a big part of wrestling. There's, there's two aspects to wrestling, right? There's the in-ring action, and then equally important in some ways are the interviews. And that has expanded with now podcasts. There's wrestling podcasts, documentaries. I wanted to write a book that was about the characters in a wrestling show, right. not wrestling, a wrestling right, show. Right, right. There's wrestling in it. Okay. It's a story with wrestling in it, not so much a wrestling story. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, I mean, because uh, growing up watching wrestling, you know, we noticed that that uh, the people in the show are just as much as characters as they are while they're wrestling. I, I just recently was watching some stuff on Viceland where they do like be, it was like Beyond the Mat, man. It's a good one. Yeah, and these guys what are wrestlers. Like, did you watch growing up? So I'm a big. Attitude Era fan, hell you know. Yeah. Give me uh, hell yeah. <laughs> so big, you know, Stone Cold, Triple H, The Rock. I uh, got two words for you. <laughs> well, in the very first issue of Over the Ropes here available now, and you, you've got it right in front of you, I signed it for you. I'm going to show you there's a, a nice little reference to The Rock. But um, this story takes place in 92, okay. which is when you're getting into the cusp of that new era. Right. You see that? Yeah. You recognize it's kind of like The Rock's famous <laughs> outfit with the the Zuba pants, the fanny pack, <laughs> and you got the turtleneck. And, you know, that's how wrestlers dressed back then. You know, they wore fanny packs and Zuba pants, you know, because they were comfortable, one, and because they went through so many um, airport security checks, all of their ID, keys, and wallets could just fit right in the panty, fanny packs. So they just had one thing to take on and off. Right. But it's like, it's details like that from my favorite time of wrestling that I wanted to integrate into the story. Obviously, they don't dress like that anymore. Right. You see guys like you know The Miz going around in $10,000 suits <laughs> yeah. and driving Audis with beautiful French-Canadian wives, and you just feel worse about your own life. You yeah, know? I think we can all thank Ric Flair for, for that a little bit. Woo! <laughs> Mr. Flash. Limousine riding, jet flying, <laughs> kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing. Who are some of your, more, some of your other favorites? Uh, probably, like, and, and it was more of an, an aesthetic thing. Sting was probably my favorite. That's my favorite, uh, and if you... Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. So there's a lot of um, homages and over-the-ropes to other wrestlers, and Sting, he's my, he was my number one guy from when I first saw an ad for WCW Saturday Night on TBS. Um, but there's also homages to just face-painted wrestlers in mm -hmm. general that I liked. That's what the main character, Phoenix, he's a face-painted wrestler. So there's something there with, like, you know, Ultimate Warrior, the powers of pain... The Road Warriors, yeah. 
And his look, you'll find in the – there's five issues. They'll be coming out monthly starting here in December. Um, wrestlers change their looks over time, and that's going to apply to the main character and the other characters as well. Uh, so how did uh, – how does it feel that – I know you've written – is it two or three of the books? I, uh, when I looked you up, I know they always put um, the – there's two of them, the, the main ones. It was like Little Wolfie. And the, uh, was it like Outbreak or? Yeah, those are both out of print. Okay. So this is kind of like a re-debut, a repackaging okay. of me. You know how your wrestler will get repackaged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin showed up in the WWF as the ringmaster. And then he, they kind of took him off and he came back as Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so just think of those. Great those, those books were my ringmaster okay. days. This is, uh, the, this is my repackaging. This is comic book writing. I've got this one out now, and I've got another one coming out in March that was just announced. Have you seen that? It I just, haven't seen it that It just one. got announced yesterday. It's uh, Hellfighter Quinn okay. coming in March from Mad Cave Studios. So Hellfighter Quinn's going to be about a fantasy. It's another type of fight. It's a fantasy martial arts tournament. Nice. Oh, nice. That's the cover I'm showing him here. You people can't see it, but I'm showing him a cover. <laughs> that looks really good. It does. The artist, um, uh, Atagun, um and then the colorist and the letterers, they've all done a great job. It's a, it is a team effort to put comics together. Oh, yeah, super. <laughs> uh, so what, have you always been a comic fan? Oh, hell yes, yes. Uh, comics for me started with the spinner racks at uh, the Big Star grocery stores where my mom would go grocery shopping. And I always, you know, she would, the, the, the brands we had around here, you had the, the Winn-Dixie, mm-hmm. you had your Kroger's. Big Star is where I wanted to go because they had a line of uh, spinner racks, and I would stop and look at comics while my mom was shopping, and I grabbed um, the Sonic the Hedgehog run of Archie. Okay. And I begged my parents to let me subscribe (laughs) to it, which meant sending a check in the mail, you know, to uh, Archie Comics. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, from there I went on to Marvel titles with Spider-Man because of the Fox Kids lineup with Spider-Man and X-Men right. comic, you know, the shows. So that got me reading the comics, which are, you know, a whole lot darker than the uh, the, the cartoon shows. But, uh, yeah, I've been reading those ever since. What's it like to have something that you've created in your mind and now you can see it in a physical form to where people can share in what you're, you're excited about, what you, what you thought was worth putting out there? It's, well, the book just came out this week, mm-hmm. so I'm really just beginning to have uh, reactions trickle in. Mm-hmm. But let me say, it's pretty amazing. I am, I've, it, it, it's just a lot of patience required because the s- process started in September of 2018. That's when the characters were fleshed out, outlines were made, the basic story came together, and it took until now to get to the point where I could actually get some public, you know, response to that. Right. And it's still going to trickle in. Some people won't discover the book, you know, for years to come. So I'm really bad at being patient. Yeah. That's something I'm having to develop is patience. Yeah, I, so. I think it's a, definitely a hard thing with, uh, especially with a, a comic that it's not like traditional for what people think of comics for they think of like your traditional spider-man's batman superman stuff like that yeah indie titles are where it's at right now Mm -hmm. and they're not 
there's not a lot of indie superhero titles because what else is there to yeah. do unless you've just got a brand new idea for a superhero which there's not many right um i don't see that there's a lot of room for superhero titles in the indies and that's why mad cave when they hire me mad cave is making some of the best indie titles in you know the country right now they said give us an underdog wrestling story mm. and i said well sure and they said, we, we think you'd be good for this. And I'm like, well, I agree, but why do you think I'd be good for that? Because I knew I liked wrestling. Right. I didn't know they knew. <laughs> and they said, well, we've seen you on social media talking about it. Okay. And you seem to know a lot about it. And I'm like, yeah, they don't know um, <laughs> that I get together with my friends on a monthly basis and watch the pay-per-views. And, and I'm known as the encyclopedia. <laughs> so we'll be watching it, and they'll be like, wow, whoever... Uh, how many guys have won two Royal Rumbles? And I'll be like, oh, Shawn Michaels, John Cena, <laughs> Batista, and uh, I think there were some more. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll name off the names. And so that'll be uh, a lesson that if people tell you you're wasting your time talking about wrestling on social media, uh, they're full of crap because <laughs> it got me hired. Right. So <laughs> and I think I think you're in a very unique situation because – when I looked at your your previous titles, and I looked at Amazon, and all the reviews were great. I've, I never see any book that I oh, read. Oh, you must have missed the one that says um, this book looks uh, feels like it was written by a feral manchild. <laughs> I think I'm gonna tattoo that on myself. Feral <laughs> manchild. It's an awesome wrestling name. Yeah. You know, in this corner, the feral manchild of Florence, Alabama. <laughs> That person must not have had a very good uh, imagination. I, I, I'm wearing that one like a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I think yeah, I think you're in a unique position because uh, of the story being unique in the comic book world. You have things that blew up, like Walking Dead that was out, what, 10 years previous until uh, it became a show. Yeah. So I think you have an opportunity to, well, of course, you when you're creating art, you try not to think of like all the grandiose things that it could be, but it's hard not to. No, I don't. I don't, I think of this as just what it was intended for. And that's mm -hmm. a comic. And I tried to make the best comic I could. Right. And then it, it'll be collected into a trade paperback. Beyond that, I don't know if anything else will happen to it. I don't know. You know, there's five issues. I don't know if there'll be an issue six. You, you just, you know, it's like taking a breath of air. You, you go on to the next breath of air. You, you take another breath. Because um, after Over the Ropes, I went on to working on Hellfighter Quinn, right. and then after Hellfighter Quinn came something else, and you know now it's I'm, I'm working on two or three projects later, and Over the Ropes is just coming out, so I'm act I'm kind of reminding myself of what happened, as as all everybody else is reading it. I'm right. like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the response has been pretty fun. It's it feels really good. We've had some people coming in here at Rick's um, who have read it already. And spent some time telling me what they thought and how they reacted to it, and that's been really cool. It, do you, is, was this like uh, your initial, uh, like when you graduated from college, was your goal like, I'm going to write some books? Or was it was comic books a, a thing you always wanted to do? Like, how did this come about, writing comics and graphic graphic novels? It wasn't initially. I always wanted to write. I thought I would write novels. And... I don't know why it didn't occur to me to write comics because that had been a, a love for so long. I always had a pull box in college. Mm -hmm. um, but when I had my first son, I got away from comics for a while. And when he was two or three years old, we took a trip to the beach. And a friend of mine gave me a superhero novel um, called Confessions of a D-List Supervillain, which I highly hmm. recommend. It's a good book. 
And I read that. It was a quick read on the beach, and I enjoyed it. But I just couldn't help but shake the feeling that I could do this. I could do something like this. I know superheroes. I'll write a superhero novel. <laughs> it'll, it'll be an instant bestseller, and it'll make Harry Potter money immediately. <laughs> and within six months, I would have quit my day job, of course, because this will be blown up. So right. that, that's how it's going to go for me. <laughs> and no, it doesn't go like that. <laughs> um, it took about you know three years uh, after that to get you know this published. So... Um, yeah, I would just say anybody that what where, it doesn't matter what age you are, where you are in life. If you do want to write, you just have to start and just not stop. Right. There's going to be times that you feel rejected. I I just got a rejection note last night. Oh wow! For something else. Yeah. Somebody. It was kind of. I felt like uh, you know that scene in Back to the Future with Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah. And they say, you're you're just too damn loud. <laughs> it felt kind of like that. I'm like, what do you mean? It's supposed to be that way. <laughs> But yeah, that's um, I I didn't ever really think it would get to this point with the comics, and I think now that's probably going to be my niche. Are there uh, is there one specific character that you resonate with more, or that maybe you kind it kind of became you became that character, or that character became you uh, through writing the story? Well, I named the main character after myself, but nobody seems to be catching that. <laughs> the main character's name is Jason. Lynn. Uh, <laughs> Jason Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, when I was a, one of my early jobs in college, I was a telemarketer, and I said my name kind of fast. People thought I was saying Jason Lynn. Um. And they'd say, no, Jason, we don't want what you're selling. <laughs> and so I, that became my name at the telemarketing place, Jason Lynn. <laughs> and I actually went to um, wrestling training. And that was going to be my wrestling name <laughs> at one point. I, I didn't make it very far in my training, by the way. I never got to have a match, but I did get to learn the basics, taking falls and taking bumps. And I also sold gimmicks at a wrestling uh, you know, local promotion. And then I had a little segment on the show once where I got to like ask a trivia question to give away prizes. So they, I was going to do some ring announcing, and they said, what name should you use? And I was like, how about, how about Jason Lynn? They're like, yeah, that's a good wrestling name. And I was like, yeah, it is a good wrestling name. <laughs> so I remembered it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But I don't resonate with him a lot because Jason, uh, the Phoenix, mm -hmm. the main character, he's a character who uh, grew up um, very poor, without a dad, not knowing his dad until he was 18. He found out who his dad was. And when you come into the story, he wants nothing to do with his dad. You don't know why yet, but uh, I have very supportive parents and, you know, a lot more opportunities than he did. So I, I don't say that there's a lot of resonation there other than we both have a big desire to succeed in our respective fields and don't have a lot of opportunities um, necessarily handed to us. We both had to kind of seize them right. when the opportunity came. In Jason's case, in this first issue... He seizes an opportunity uh, by going off script in a match, which no wrestler will ever recommend that you do. <laughs> so we're going to have to find out over the next issues how that, uh, you know, comes back to him because karma's a bitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, with uh, wrestling kind of getting a, 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 uh, reinvigorated with AEW. I love AEW. Um, is that where you gravitate towards now? Because I've uh, gone back and forth. I'll like... be honest. It, it It is the only wrestling show I watch right now. Okay. And I, that's not because um, 
of WWE. I stopped watching WWE regularly probably in 2017, 16, 17. And AEW really reignited a lot of the feel. Mm-hmm. And I and wrestling on TNT for me is important because mm-hmm. I was a WCW yeah. guy. <laughs> NWO. NWO for yeah, life, yeah. And then you got Jericho on there with the belt. I mean, it's just, it's all great. So I love AEW. Yeah, I was, I'm, I've, I've been kind of surprised that it blew up so quick. Like, I, I feel like I knew it would, but when WWE is such a powerhouse and we've seen, like, like <coughs> ECW kind of crumble and we saw WCW uh, eventually crumble because of how big WWE was, uh, I was kind of nervous that AEW wasn't going to make it, but it seems that that's the one that people gravitate towards. Yeah. I mean, anything can happen, obviously. I think they are doing all the right things, and they are keeping my interest. Mm -hmm. The show is a brisk two hours, and that's also a good move. Yeah. And they feature old talent and really promote new talent. So I really want to see where it goes with uh, this kind of long story they seem to be telling I should say long-term plans mm-hmm. for Cody Rhodes and the title. Yeah. Because, you know, nobody, I, I think everybody just naturally thought, well, they're going to give Cody the title. And they knew, they AEW, you know, had to know that. So they went counter to that. Yeah. And they're setting up a long-term deal before they give Cody the title. Now they've got it at this point in time where, you know, kayfabe, he can't challenge for it again. So it gets me tuning in to wonder how is Cody going to yeah. make his way to the title here? It's going to happen. And when it does, it's going to be a big payoff, which is kind of have to, how you have to plan a comic book series. You can't give the whole payoff in the first issue, but you got to give them a reason to get up. Yeah. Issue two. <laughs> yeah. So you also, you do a podcast. Yes. Yes. What happens next versus it's a podcast where we just get together, have a panel, have some fun. And we talk about, all sorts of things. Fictional matchups between characters are one. We're just dropping uh, RoboCop versus Terminator coming mm. up. Mm. Any, any picks on that one? I'd have to, I'll, I'll, I think I'm going to go with Terminator. I w- I'm defending Terminator, yeah. so I'm the Terminator guy. And we've done some other matchups like Rogue and Gambit with Black Canary and Green Arrow. Um, we also, you know, we, we like storytelling on the podcast. And we will take turns telling part of the story of a battle. Um, we have playing cards that we draw in the midst of the battle. We just have a really great yeah, time. Yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, what do you think, do you have any pro- projections for this storyline? I know it's a, a five miniseries. Do you think that uh, there's going to be another five, or are we waiting for the, you know, the fan it's not up to me. That's all I can say. Okay. Um, Mad, I'm, I was hired to write it. It's Mad Cave's book, and there will be five issues. There will be a trade paperback, and beyond that, we don't know. And it's going to depend on the reaction, just like you said. So if people like it and want to read more, um, you got to let Mad Cave know. Yeah, I think it's perfect timing, too. That, And I don't know how you guys planned it out so perfectly with it coming out when it did with – AEW and people getting reinvigorated with the we wrestling. Have, we couldn't have planned yeah. that. Because <laughs> yeah. Nobody knew that AEW was going to come yeah. out. I mean, especially because Mad Cave had this idea probably from, they, they knew that they wanted a wrestling underdog series, and that was all. That was the idea they had from probably the middle of 2018 
to September of 2018 when they gave it to me. And I ran with it from there. But, yeah, nobody knew that this stuff was going to happen yeah. at that time. I mean, who could have predicted <laughs> AEW, right? Stars align, man. Yeah, literally. <laughs> the wrestling stars align. Yeah, yeah and, and, I've, and now that I see uh, there's uh, another one I saw pop up called, like, HOG. Um, I can't remember the, what the acronym is. And I want to say it's based in um, New York. Cool. Um, I don't know. So, yeah, I think there's this new reinvigoration that this is perfect perfect timing for people who are uh i dare i say most geeks are kind of in both worlds we're, we're comics and we're wrestling because wrestlers essentially are human superheroes and we get to see them do amazing Those are things my favorite ones. yeah my favorite wrestlers are the large characters so when i sat down to kind of plan the book and plan the characters i kind of asked myself what wrestlers did i like to watch the most and the answer was pretty clear. I liked the larger-than-life characters. Yeah. I liked the face painters. I liked the Lucha Libre um, masked wrestlers, which you're going to see a lot of that over the five issues. And, and I liked the guys who had a gimmick. Yeah, so yeah. We're gonna have, and in the early 90s, which you know the book takes place in 92, you had a lot of guys with big gimmicks. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you had the Repo Man. The we We're talking about the Prisoner Nails. Yeah. Um, the big boss man. Yeah. Like, everybody had a job, yeah. you know, and they just ended up being, you know, for some reason this repo man has decided to be a wrestler. <laughs> and, of course, the best gimmick of all, the the Undertaker. Yeah. And there's going to be some references. Okay. There's going to be, just keep your eyes open. Yeah, he's I'm, always on my favorites. Oh, you got to love yeah. the Undertaker. He's, you know, the best character they've ever had. And then once they, once they brought in Kane and they did the whole brother... Storyline. Yeah, that was actually the first the first WWF action figure I ever bought was a cane. Yeah. In the red suit. Yeah. He definitely machine. had like the villain look and with the flames and it's like, how do you not watch this? I, I think when he won the title from Stone Cold, yeah, they should have kept it on him. Yeah, for sure. I think he was at the top of his game at that point. The cane game. Yeah. And he lives around here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like Knox County or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That he does. Yeah, I think uh, I need to get him a copy of this somehow. <laughs> yeah, well, I think when I where I grew, part, did part of my growing up in Laverne, everybody used to tell me the Undertaker used to have a wrestling school out there, huh. and I had an old neighbor. Like, oh yeah, we we've been friends with him for a long time, and I was like, bring him to my house, please. It never happened, but you know, I dreamed. Bring and... the Undertaker to my <laughs> yeah. house. Yeah, sure. Well, he only shows up once a year though. <laughs> if that. Uh, but yeah, man, I. I can't wait to read it. Um, oh, you haven't read it yet? I haven't read you it yet. I will as soon as I get home, man. I will put you in the story. <laughs> now get back. Yeah, I want you to get back to me and tell me what you think about it. Oh, I for want sure. everybody to do that. Yeah. I'm on social media. Of course, I'm on Twitter. It's at jsandlin underscore whn or search writer. Also, jsandlin.com is where you can find out about all the releases I've got coming out. Uh, you know, We know about Over the Ropes. Hellfighter Quinn is coming in March. I've got a book of my own that I'm self-publishing as well. Um, the uh, Space Police Files I did see that. Yeah. anthology. Uh, it's a five sci-fi short stories I've got coming out. Nice. So that'll be coming out probably by the end of the year. Just depends on when I get it ready for go for distribution and all that. It'll be available in paperback and ebook on Amazon and through my website. Sounds great, man. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. I'm glad I had this opportunity. And then we know 
eventually we'll have to do a, a podcast together, whether it's yours or mine or both. Like You come on mine, I'll come on yours. We'll do it all. Yeah. Hey, tell them, tell them how I signed your book here. Oh, yeah. So I have a new name. So many of you know me as uh, the Golden Tooth Geek or you know me as Swally Tarantino. But I also have another moniker and it's Dynamite Dom. And uh, forever I will be known as Dynamite Dom. So, uh, yeah, I'm Dom, Dynamite Dom, Jay Sandlin, Geek Vibes Live interview, and uh, we'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.